Thank you for downloading this month's podcast of BJOG Editor's Choice with Deputy Editor-in-Chief John Thorpe. This is John Thorpe, uh, Deputy Editor-in-Chief from Chapel Hill, North Carolina in the United States. Various professional and advocacy groups designate days, weeks, or months of the year to increase societal awareness around specific disorders of women. BJOG praises these efforts as we think that awareness, and even in some instances outrage, are needed to prompt our culture to invest in research to learn the natural history, identify prevention strategies, and treat those who suffer. Advocacy and outrage forged the path to discover the human immunodeficiency virus, learn how it was transmitted, and design treatments that turned AIDS from a lethal diagnosis to a treatable and even preventable disease. Imagine what might happen if similar investment and energy were channeled into ovarian cancer or obstetric fistula, which happened to be the awareness disorders in the month of May. Tubal cancers have been found to frequently concur with serous ovarian carcinomas. In the May issue of BJOG, Ahmed and colleagues systematically reviewed the literature and found a wide range of concurrence from 11 to 61 percent. They also note that there is almost no reported concurrence between tubal cancers and gynecologic malignancies other than serous ovarian carcinomas. This concurrence, depending on its ultimate biologic significance, has numerous treatment and prevention implications. Dara Lears and colleagues conducted a systematic review of a primary prevention strategy based on concurrence to see if conserving the ovaries while removing the tubes at a time of hysterectomy lower subsequent ovarian cancer risk. They found some preliminary retrospective data to suggest that the concept of opportunistic salpingectomy might be effective in primary ovarian cancer prevention. Sink and Gilks try to put these data into clinical perspective with a mimicking commentary that explores the genetic origins of these concerns, pointing to a common clonal origin for lesions in both the ovary and tube. To my mind, as a non-oncologist, it seems that learning where these cancers start would be an important first step in prevention, detection, and treatment approaches. Sadder and more troubling than ignorance is apathy. No great science or discovery is needed to take place to reduce obstetric fistula. The average OBGYN in the developed world will never see one in her career due to the widespread access to safe abdominal delivery in laboring women with dystocia. Many females experiencing obstetric fistula are childhood wives and mothers, and moreover, many of these babies are stillborn. Until we raise the status of women and children, this scourge will continue. If we can deliver antiretrovirals to remote places around the world, why not safe and timely cesarean section? Finally, our editor-in-chief and his colleagues look at an unintended consequence 
of participating in a clinical trial that has been documented in other fields but not obstetrics. Using Professor Kahn's expertise in systematic review, Wijan and co-authors show that women participating in clinical trials had better health outcomes than those who were eligible to enroll and decided not to, even if the clinical trial itself had a negative result. The quality of the trial itself enhanced the benefits of participation. For those of us who recruit subjects into clinical trials, these are welcome data and give us an evidence-based answer to the potential research subject who fears danger in participating in in an experiment. This is often expressed in North Carolina as I don't want to be a guinea pig. The authors take this finding a step further and ask a profound question in light of the ignorance and apathy aforementioned. Is it ethical to offer care disengaged from research? Empowering women and improving their health will require marked improvement in our evidence base, and it is heartening to note that gathering that evidence in and of itself can improve health. Thank you for listening to this podcast from BJOG. We have been reporting the best research in women's health since 1902. We are keen to hear your views. Tweet us at BJOG Tweets. You can find more podcasts at www dot bjog dot org